Cyber isn't one thing, cyber is everything. It cuts across every industry, connecting everybody. It's the same way Dakota State University isn't just a university. With our Cyber 27 initiative, DSU has a stronger, more secure future. We're adding more faculty and welcoming more students, building labs, adding degrees, conducting game-changing research. We need partners to work with us and put our graduates to work for them. Visit dsucyber27.com to learn more. This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by a local event near me. It is the Long Island Gaming Expo. It's mostly for classic games, but they were also having an NHL 94 tournament. If you're interested and you'd like to go, you can Google the Long Island Gaming Expo. It's in Garden City on August 11th and 12th. Shoutouts to my friends over there that are organizing that. And also our Patreon subscribers, as always, thank you so much. All the love make everything we do possible. A long summer without Rangers hockey. I am seriously looking forward to some hockey at this point. Jesus. Jesus. In the name of the Lord. All right. Here we go. New episode. Uh, deep in, not, well, deep in the dog days, but we're in August. You know, so it's, you get what you get. Here we go. Hey, Bushwick Breaker fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Is it always? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, for a long, long time now. I'm on a pretty good run. What was the one episode I didn't come on? I think I was in Norfolk, Virginia, doing a college basketball tournament. I can't even remember. It's so long ago. I think that was it. And even then, I still called in for four minutes, and then you just did the rest of the episode. Yeah, I was like, hey, Greg, what's up? And you're like, I got dog! Um... (laughs) But anyway, last time we spoke, I was 28. Now, 29. Wow. Pretty, wow. pretty impressive. Wow. Congratulations to me. I am a year older. Yeah, you, did, you, you threw a nice little shindig, too. I did. We'll get into that during the nonsense section. But for right now, Ooh. we are, fortunately for you, a New York Rangers-centric podcast where we talk strictly only about the New York Rangers every single show. And the New Jersey Devils. And the Mets. And Mike we Trout. haven't talked about the Mets in a while, so we're not going to. And how good Aaron Boone is. <laughs> and the Yankees not signing the Yankees. The Giants not signing Odell Beckham. But we have a lot to get to today in the New York sports area. But we'll start with the most important news in New York sports, and that is Ryan Spooner has officially signed with the New York Rangers. Two years, four million dollars each year. A 26-year-old budding winger just going to come out of the gates and destroy everyone this year. Were you surprised? Because I was. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word budding. I think Ryan Spooner is who he is, but that's also a little, perfectly fine. A little fine. sarcastic there, Greg. But yes. It's, it's perfectly fine because Ryan, Ryan Spooner is who he is, and what he is is a very solid middle six winger. He's, he's not – he's probably not a – I mean, he's definitely not a top six winger on a Stanley Cup contender, as we saw last year with the Boston Bruins, but he's a perfectly capable third-line winger who provides you scoring upside. I, I was surprised twofold, right? So first of all, how many podcasts did we spend between the trade deadline and the official opening of free agency where we said the Rangers were going to make a bunch of trades this offseason? I think and every single episode, Greg. I think we even dedicated two episodes to who would you rather have, Ryan Spooner or Vladi Nemestikov. Like that was a very clear topic we talked about multiple times on the podcast. And the Ranger, when the Rangers extended Nemestikov for two years, I think you and I were both of the opinion this, that – there were two options coming for Spooner. One, definitely traded, and I would say you and I were 75% sure he was going to get traded. I would say more, yes. 
So generously speaking, at for, least for Spooner, I think you and I were were more than convinced it was more than ninety percent. Yeah, I would say the odds were probably what minus three fifty. If I was a betting man, yes. Yeah, there there were strong strong odds on Spooner to get traded, and then it got to a point where no trades were happening anywhere, and then I changed my tone and I said, "Well, now Ryan Spooner kind of makes sense as the guy you signed to a one year deal. You let him perform for three months, and then you trade him for whatever you can get." either before the deadline or at the deadline. And the Rangers looked at you, Greg, and said, you think you know us? You think you know what we're doing? Because you don't. Uh, and then signed him to two years instead. But the thing is, it wasn't even so much in my mind that the Rangers would want him for two years. I mean, of course, I would think the Rangers would want him for multiple years because, again, solid winger going to provide you scoring upside down your lineup and will fetch you something eventually on the trade market. My whole thinking was I didn't know why Ryan Spooner would want to sign two years. He's one year away from unrestricted free agency. This was his last restricted free agency eligible offseason. And it's it's really weird to get an under 30-year-old forward who has flashed scoring potential to sacrifice an unrestricted free agency year for what I didn't think was a lot of money. And I don't think it was a lot of money. I, I thought Spooner on a one-year deal at somewhere around three and a half or even 325 if you're lucky – I thought that was the contract he was looking at. So you maybe overpaid him half a million to $750,000, which is Agreed. nothing in NHL salary cap terms. I think that's, Spooner's that's agent looked. Yeah, God damn it. I think Spooner's agent looked directly at him and was like, listen, your next contract could be $2 million, maybe you know, $1.5, maybe on top of $3 million. We can get two four millions right now, and it's like we took a four-year contract. I mean, I'm well, that's the that's the weird thing. I don't think on on the free agent market, Ryan Spooner, I I would think would have gotten more than or at least what he got from the Rangers with even longer term. But maybe maybe Spooner saw what Riley Nash got from the Blue Jackets. I'm pretty sure those guys are buddies, and Riley Nash did not get a big payday from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Maybe that maybe that spooked Spooner a little bit. I think but it did because I, Spooner, I, I was, Spooner's not your traditional player where like he's uh a guy you're targeting in free agency. He's just not. He's a, a nice player. Four million is a lot for Ryan Spooner. The Rangers obviously saw something in him. That's they, the thing. It's not It's not really that much. It, it's Again, it's an overpay, but it's a very slight overpay because you have to give the guy more money in order to get him for multiple years. But we live in a world where a guy like Antoine Rossell is getting $3 million, and he is the very definition of a fourth-line grinder who doesn't provide the scoring upside. The right. you, people still pay for goals. And Ryan Spooner is good at creating goal-scoring opportunities. He's a sieve defensively. There's no getting around that, which basically prevents him from ever having a role higher than a second line. And even then, again, I don't think higher than the any third line. Stanley Cup contender is going to put Ryan Spooner on a second line. But he's, he's a guy that thrives offensively, creates scoring opportunities for you, can do well in power play situations if you so choose to use him there. Those guys get paid, especially 26-year-old Ryan Spooner. Going to be 27 next year when he hits free agency. I, I thought him getting two years was the surprising part. Not surprising in the fact or in the nature that the Rangers can't move him. It's a two-year deal. You can move anyone on a two-year contract. Oh, especially Especially guys like Spooner, VC, and Nemesnikov who are going to score goals. Those are guys you can trade at any time. And if you have them under term, that means there's no pressure for you to move him this year. So you can ask for a little more than you would if they were going to hit free agency the next year. So again, it's a it's a great deal of business on the Rangers' end. It's one of those situations where I I didn't really understand it from the players' end. It's one of those situations where I look and I think that I know what Gordon's doing. I'm looking from the outside. I've seen the letter. 
I've seen the rebuild potential, and I think I know what Gordon has in mind, but really what he has in mind, and it looks like maybe he did try and shop all these guys. We've kind of heard that he did try and do that, but now that he's here, he's like, I can't shop these guys for the price I want. Why don't I just try and shop them again? I'll sign them all to two-year deals. I can trade this deadline or the next deadline. I have two years to do more shopping. And these guys will retain value. It's not like they're going to lose massive value over these next two years at all. Actually, they probably can only gain... Well, they can lose for sure. They could they lose value, but again, it's but, a two-year but, deal. You're not worried about anyone losing substantial value on a two-year deal because you just don't worry about them in the second year. But then. there's a good chance these guys, like if they come out, Ryan Spooner and, and Mestikoff, and they're putting up inflated numbers on... I can't call it a bad team anymore. I, I think this team is okay. I really do. Offensively, and, it's okay. Defensively, it's still a nightmare. But half. they're going to put up numbers, and that'll look good to people. I, you know, We've talked about NHL GMs before on this show. We have said really nice things about them. So I, I think that'll be t- enticing for people that are going for Stanley Cup runs in the next couple, next two years, one of these players. Uh, I, and I also think will be able to get the price he wants for them. I think a low-key important thing with these signings, and I, this is the storyline I've been talking myself into a lot recently, the Rangers are heavily invested in the future outcomes of guys like Philip Heedle, Leah Sanderson, and Brett Howden. And I don't think Jeff Gordon wanted to enter next season with those guys playing with scrubs. And the only way you can make sure those guys aren't playing with scrubs is to make sure you have 11 to 12 forwards on the wing who can complement their skills. We're guaranteed now, if Philip Heedle makes this team out of camp and is playing a top nine role, he's going to be playing with one of... Vladdy Nemestikov, Ryan Spooner, and Jimmy Vc, And again, those guys are not all-stars, but they're proven NHL talents who can put the puck in the back of the net. And when you're trying to nurture a guy like Philip Heedle, you need to be playing him with those guys. And same thing goes for Anderson. Say Anderson, we had Rick Carpinello on this podcast, and he talked about how the Rangers might be in a position where maybe they see 10 minutes in New York as more valuable than 15-plus minutes in Hartford. And if that's true, then you can't have a traditional fourth line for Elias Anderson to play with. And now you're in a position where Jesper Foss does not have a spot on the top nine. Or even if you want to shoehorn Jesper into a third-line role and bump someone down like Jimmy Vesey, you're still giving options for Elias Anderson to play with that are NHL-caliber forwards who can hang in this league. He's not going to be playing with Cody McLeod and Matt Bolesky. Like, if those guys play, Bolesky will have a shot at the 12th, forward role, but I don't think necessarily it's his to lose. And I still think Cody McLeod is here just to take a Barasa spot in the press box. You're creating opportunities for your young centers to play with NHL veterans, but not over-the-hill veterans. Guys in the prime of their career who can still produce for you offensively. And the more I think about it, the more I like that kind of situation for Filipino to go into. Filipino is going to be able to play with potentially a line of Vladimir Mestkov and Jimmy VC, but not have to play top six minutes. And I think that is critical for his development. You're getting his feet wet. You're giving him a chance to play in a real NHL line with real NHL players. And you're not putting him in a situation where he's sink or swim. Right. Like he's still a you're giving high. him a chance to swim up here and, and actually stay alive and hold his own. And this way you don't have to send him down to the AHL so he can play top line minutes all the time. Right. And you're also, if you're Jeff Gordon, you're creating a situation where you can focus on just trading your big weapons, right? You only have to worry about trading Matt Zuccarello and Kevin Hayes this season. You do not have the pressure to trade those two guys plus other parts and complicate things. You're, you're almost making your own trade market stronger by simply taking 
more players off the market this year and saying, no, no, they're going to be available next year. You have to wait. You want to do business with us. You have to shop top shelf and you have to talk Matt Zuccarello or Kevin Hayes. And I think that is some shrewd business make de- dealing there that isn't quite obvious on the top because we're only talking about these guys on two-year deals still has trade chips, but the Rangers now have no pressure to trade them. They can focus solely on trading Zuccarello and Hayes if they so choose to. And they have to. They have to. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would say definitely Zuccarello, Hayes. Hayes, you're either extending or you're trading. There's right. no. There's, there's no. There's no. You're not letting him get to Ju- July first. Nope. You're not. You're not letting. Uh, he's not John Tavares, but you're not letting him walk away for nothing. And I think Jeff Gordon has shown he's not going to let that happen. What? So I'm, I'm I'm not at all worried about I, that. I I'm a, I think he's a trade deadline guy. I think he's gone for sure. I, I think, there's I think no other way. Too. There's no other way at this time. For they've made it clear how they're rebuilding. They want to get assets. They want to get younger. They want to build for a dynasty. They don't see Kevin Hayes as the future. Obviously, uh, they they did that with the one year deal there. So he'll be gone for sure. Yeah, I and now you you also create a situation where if you do trade Hayes and Zuccarello, you're not just calling up fillers from the AHL and then moving up guys that aren't scoring wingers. You'll have Spooner, you'll have Nemestikov, you'll have VC. It's not an ideal world where Spooner and Nemestikov are probably playing on your second line. But it's again, if they're between Filipino or Filipinos between those two guys, and that's your second line on a team focused on getting younger and letting those young guys develop, that is a very nice situation for those guys to develop. And it also creates a bit of a ripple effect where the Rangers have made some international free agent signings this year for wingers. It is now not imperative for those guys to break camp with the New York Rangers in order for this team to be successful. You have guys that'll be in the AHL who can actually play winged in the NHL and produce for your NHL team. They're all on the younger end of the scale. They're going to be ready to go and they're going to be getting um, higher minutes in Hartford ready for the season when they need to be called on. And we're no longer in a situation where if a guy gets hurt, we have to worry about is Paul Carey going to be in the line tonight? What's Peter Holland up to these days? Like those guys are moved further down the conversation because with the trades the Rangers have made and the Rangers getting younger and they're putting more focus on building this prospect pool that has just been absent for years because They've been going on these deep playoff runs. Well, we've been going for it every year for four years in a row. And we got yes. very close, and the window closed, and we didn't get there. That's just, and, and that's sports, everyone. That's that sports. You, the Rangers, Rangers had a window. They didn't win in their window. So now they have to worry about the next window. And that is where the focus is for Jeff Gordon. And, and that's where sometimes it is. takes a very long time to open that window again. And I don't think it's going to take the Rangers eight years because some teams that's how long it goes without them. This might be, this might be a year. This might be two years. I, I think once you get to year three, I think this team is a playoff team uh, at the minimum. I think Artemi comes over. Maybe, you know, sign a little, sign a little Truba action. It's a dream. It's a dream. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever happen. We'll see. The Artemi thing is kind of weird because there's been a lot of, uh, fits free content of the week. I believe he is on the train that he'll be a Ranger this year. And I just don't see that happening at all. Uh, I don't know if you're the if you're the Rangers. I don't. I just don't know why you pulled the trigger why, on the trade. Why do it? It doesn't make sense. You're collecting. I understand. You're collecting I, assets right now. It's not, yeah, it's and not I the understand time. It, it eliminates um, it eliminates a question mark, right? Because you then control Artemi Panarin's rights, and you obviously have a full season to negotiate with them. That's all great and good, but part of the allure of bringing in a guy like Artemi Panarin is for him to 
play with some of the pieces the Rangers have. And it's it's the classic Carmelo situation. The Knicks would have been a lot better off if they so didn't have to trade. So much better. That team would have been insane. They yes, if they so didn't have to trade, pieces. if they didn't have to trade Gallinari, Moskov, Wilson and Chandler. Wilson Chandler. Like those aren't sexy names, but you know what those names are? Those are quality NBA players. And if you bring Carmelo Anthony in to play with quality NBA players, that Knicks team would it wouldn't have had to take as long as it did for them to get good, and they would have stayed good longer because those guys were young and hitting the prime. And the Rangers would be putting themselves in the exact same situation. Yes, would I trade Pavel Buchnevich for Artemi Panarin? Of course. Would I give up the first-round picks to get Artemi Panarin? Of course. Would I give up a prospect like Brett Howden to get Artemi Panarin? Yeah, this, this, isn't, this isn't a hesitation for me in terms of Artemi Panarin, the talent. But you know what would be better than giving those things up for Artemi Panarin? Letting Artemi Panarin play with those things. Give him as many toys as possible to play with. And if he wants to come to New York, bro, come to New York. We'll give you north of $10 million a year. We'll give you six-plus years. You can stay here as long as you want, and you can play with guys like Buchnevich, guys like Zibanejad, guys like Kreider, the guys you can build a nucleus with and make a great team with. I, I, I get it. I get where Fitz is coming from. You want to eliminate as many variables as possible when you're dealing with players the caliber of Artemi Panarin and free agency. You don't want to get into a situation where all of a sudden Vegas lays out the red carpet or a Florida team is like, hey, man, you hate taxes, so do we. Or a West Coast team is like, you ever live in Malibu? It's pretty fucking great. Like, you don't want to get in those situations where all of a sudden he's comparing New York to other really luxurious places to live. At the same time, Artemi Panarin on a team without Pavel Buchnevich and first-round picks? It's just worse. It makes le- well, It's not worse. It just makes less sense. I don't understand what the whole last year was for then. You didn't – you didn't do all this to get a high-scoring winger. I think if the Rangers are going to move significant assets, it has to be for a defender because that is the clear gaping hole this team has. The forwards, obviously, Artemi Panarin immediately becomes the best Ranger. Like, it's not even close. Even if you trade other assets to get a defender, unless that defender, even if that defender is Jacob Truba. Even if it's it, Truba, it's, it, he's the best player not. by a it's lot. Still part, it's still Panarin. At the same time, it's nice having Panarin... It's also nice having Henrik Lundqvist, and we've already learned that a great goalie can't make up for this fucking clusterfuck of a defense. So how would Panarin be able to do Yeah, what would Panarin do at this point? Uh, This year is not the year for Panarin. This is another year of rebuilding. Despite the team, like I said, I don't think this team's bad. It's really like, it's going to be, I wanted it to be worse, but it's not. I I will say this about Panarin, though. If you get to the trade deadline and the Blue Jackets like, holy fucking shit, we're not exactly in the race this year. We're about to lose Panarin for nothing. And the Rangers are like, oh, you want Igor Rykov and a second-round pick? Then, yeah, obviously trade yeah, for Panarin. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, you, it, if you're giving him away for freezies almost, we'll, yeah, we'll take him. Yeah, if, if you have the Blue Jackets bent over a barrel, I'm here for it. What I'm saying is I wouldn't want to give 95 cents on the dollar for Artemi Panarin if it sounds like he's coming to the New York I'm, Rangers. I'm trying to, play, to pay 40 cents on the dollar if that's the case. And yeah, that's it. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, next up on our list here. Today, you wrote or released the first of the 25 under 25 series. Is that correct, Greg? Yeah, and I'm not doing it like there aren't going to be 25 posts. What, I, what I've done is I've broken these up into tiers. So today, I released the guys who had just missed the cut. And I think they're, they're about six of them. Number and number 25. 25. Uh, tomorrow, I'm releasing number 24 and 23 because that's the next tier in my mind. 
The tier after that, I bunched guys 22 to 15. Mm-hmm. Those guys in my mind are very similar. Then it goes 14 to 11, 8 to 10, 1 to 7. Um, 1 to one to 7 is a very – it's sexy. I, li- I like 1 to 7. But, um, yeah, no, th- this is fun because – I just love the way you say it's sexy. <laughs> it really gets me going. It's um, sexy. Yeah, this is this is fun. I, I, I mean, a lot of people like making prospects lists, and I, I – I mean, for baseball, there's nothing in this world I digest more. I love. I, I think I, I sit lists. at work like this. I'm like, ooh, another uh, some random guy on the internet just puts another top 300 prospect list. Let me analyze the whole thing. Yeah, and I respect guys like Adam Herman for going through the top 40 Ranger prospects and or 45, whatever the fuck he does, top 50. Sure, if I know. Uh, Herman writes a lot about prospects. I read all of those. I digest them like crazy. It's great. But in my mind, I like the under 25 a lot better because it I, I feel like it gives you a better snapshot of the organization because it takes into account your young already in the NHL players. It, it gives you a real litmus test as to where your team is. If your under 25 list is full of just prospects, you're done. You're pretty far away from competing. Yeah. And this list gave me an idea as to where the Rangers really stand in terms of how long this whole thing is going to take. Um, it, and it, it's a fascinating, it's a fun and fascinating process, and uh, I'm I'm excited to share it all out there. And I'm excited to get the shit on shit on for it online. It'll be great. Oh, I love getting shit on online. It's my favorite. my favorite thing. It's awesome. But but yeah, today today number twenty five, um, Mister John be, Gilmore. John Gilmore is number twenty five. Uh, I went back and forth with Drew Way, who I didn't collaborate with Drew. Drew is just the soundboard I used to be like, hey man, here's my list. I'm going to talk through this with you. Uh, the guy I really wanted to include on the list, and I sh- we'll, we'll mention the miscut guys, Joey Keane, who was the Rangers' third-round pick this year. Who has been who the, had an the hot topic in Rangers Town this week. He, he, he had a strong um, under-18 tournament, which is or under-20 tournament, which is going to get people excited, and it should. Um, I, I still have him a little bit on the outside looking in. He's probably the guy that will move the most if I do this when I do this list again next year. Um, Ooh, God, calling, your, God, calling your shot. God willing, this I would expect gonna, this guy's bragging is going to be alive next year. Everyone, that's exactly, crazy. That, that's the God willing part. Uh, Joey Keen, in my mind, will probably jump as high as something like twenty, as long as he has the kind of season he had last year. What in a the jump, OHL. Joey! Off the list at twenty. Uh, I'm a big Morgan Barron guy, which is why I included him. Uh, he was the Rangers' seventh round pick last year. He kind of opened some eyes at Cornell. Uh, Vinny Letary just missed it for me because, to me, I, I think what Vinny is now is what he's going to be. He's a tweener. He's like a quadruple A player that has value because he's already shown he can play in the NHL and he's still under, I think he's only 23 years old. It's just his NHL upside is extremely limited. Um, Freddie Clayson, who I was surprised to learn is still only 25 years old. Same thing, kind of a quadruple A player. He's definitely a useful NHL defenseman, uh, kind of like the mold of John Gilmore. The difference between the reason why I put Gilmore in the list over Clayson is because Clayson has answered more questions. I think Gilmore still has some things we need to figure out about him, and that slight intrigue is why I put him on the list over Clayson. Clayson's not—he's just not going to surprise you with anything at this point. That's not a bad thing. This isn't me shitting on Freddie Clayson. Is that was a very savvy signing by Jeff Gordon. I think he's going to be a fun little piece for the Rangers to have this season, and he's miles upon miles better than fucking Steve Camper. Um, Steve did not did not make this list. Uh, what? You don't have the uh, God on there? 
Well, Tanner, the guy, I, Tanner the guy I really wanted to put on this list uh, is one of the Rangers international signings, Vili Meskinen from the Finnish league. He just burst on the scene last year, only 23 years old. The guy is a sniper, can score on the power play, plays the wing, which is, again, critical for the Rangers because when you're talking about moving a Zuccarello, a Spooner, a Nemestikov, a VC, you need someone to come up and play NHL minutes who can handle NHL minutes. And I really think Meskinen is a guy that can do that. And You heard it here first. I don't want to say thrive, but again, I don't think – I I would be stunned if he's worse than someone like Jimmy VC. But I, I, the reason why Jimmy VC is going to be on the list is because we know Jimmy VC. We still don't really know Meskinen and that cloud of question, if he can make the transition from the Finnish league, if he can – quickly handle North American hockey in Hartford, how well he plays in Hartford. Those are things we need answered. Um, I would love for Meskinen to be on the list next year because I'm a big fan of his. One of the Rangers' other international free agent signings did make the list. I believe he is ranked number 23. So you're going to read about him as you're listening to this. Because it's out today, part two. Because it's out today. But yeah, you and I have talked about Gilmore a ton, so we don't need to go over it more here. At this point... We've covered pretty much every all the pieces of Ranger news possible. And August 6th at 6.08 p.m. on a Monday, there's really, I mean. There's not a lot out there. I mean, there's, uh, let me, look, for everyone who's a new listener, and who's new, whoever is a new listener, thank you so much for stopping by. Hey, man. But, What's going on? Hey, buddy. Hey, guys and girls. In the past years, I have done an episode of Bullshit Breakaway where I started with, Bullshit Breakaway fans, this week, this is the one piece of news. We talked about it for literally two minutes, and then we did a whole podcast on absolutely nothing. So I have to say we've been doing a pretty good job of still providing Rangers content somehow in August. We stepped up our game. What can I say? We have we have more listeners now, and they actually give a shit. So we I know. Have to... Remember that guy who called us out on iTunes a year ago? And he's like, guys, it's too much nonsense. It's a Rangers podcast. Well, I got news for him. We got a lot of nonsense to go over today yeah, after, after, after your interview, well, I should say. That's a good lead-in. I, I have good news for you, guy, who thinks we don't do enough Rangers stuff. We're not doing any more today. I have Ethan coming on, who will be the moderator for our forum on August 25th at Beer Authority in New York City. Uh, we, got a, we got a meal there last week. We did. Uh, we were in New York City for some important reason, which we will not talk about. And then uh, we, got a, we got a meal at Beer Authority, and it was delicious and delectable. It was. I got a. Uh, I got this craft beer. Have you heard? I don't know if you've heard of it. Craft beer? What is? What yeah. was that? Uh, it's from it's, the small brewery. I uh, think it's fuck, like. Fuck, fuck you. Um, <laughs> all right. So I got Ethan coming on next. Uh, we're gonna talk. Actually, I, I haven't recorded it yet, so I'm not really sure. But I'm gonna guess that we're gonna hit on the forum, his Islander lifestyle. He hosts a podcast about the Giants. I want to talk about Oda Beckham, and we'll probably get into some more nonsense. Like I think he has a take called Drake is the best rapper of all time. Probably gonna fight him. So then. Yeah, and if, for the people wondering, wow, why isn't Greg on that interview? Simple. Ethan has to record late. Greg's got a bedtime. Greg's going to bed. Greg has to sleep. He's an important, he's an early morning man due to his job. It's not our full-time job. I know what you're thinking. Holy crap, this isn't your full-time job. You're so good at it. But it is not. So here what- you're, you're also thinking, holy shit, you guys have jobs? You're not just living in your mother's basement? No, I'm not. Thank you. Right, I live upstairs. And then yeah. um, from there... Uh, we'll come back. We'll do. Uh, we have a very long five star review. I have a Reddit question, and we're going to talk who the f is Bushwick Breakaway. Here we go. Transition. Back solo, running solo. One of my first interviews without Greg in a long time. I'm here with Ethan Levy. Pronounce that right. Uh, the founder of Gotham Sports Network. Ethan, what's up, man? 
Not much. Um, I'm sweaty, miserable, and ready to talk about New York sports. That's the sweaty and miserable is the antithesis of New York sports these days. Yeah. The Yankees had a great weekend, so that's awesome. The mm-hmm. Mets exist. Uh, the, <laughs> the the Giants have Odo Beckham, or do they? Uh, the Jets. I'm Ron Burgundy. Also exist. And then uh, the Islanders and Rangers are rebuilding. And then, of course, the Knicks and the Nets are also rebuilding. Mm-hmm. So we have a, uh, a plethora of wonderful things to talk about, except we absolutely don't either. But what we will talk about first is the Rangers forum we're hosting. You are not a Ranger fan, correct? Correct. Good. Uh, at least the last time I checked. Okay. So you might yeah. come over. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. That's okay. But you, we've chosen you to be the moderator because you are a party who will be objective? Question mark? Yeah, definitely not objective, but someone who will be fun, bring the ruckus. Yeah. And uh, hopefully ask good enough questions that uh, the people that know what they're talking about in terms of Rangers hockey can entertain a crowd of 100. Right. Well, the, the plan is to get to 100. We'll see. We'll We're see. Close. We're seeing. We're, We're getting there. We're getting uh, there. We're getting there. But yeah, you're going to be up there asking us all the hard-hitting questions. Uh, but first, I wanted to ask you, how are you feeling about your Islanders these days? Not great, but I'd rather not go right into the Islanders. What are you going to wear for the forum? That's a good question. So I thought about going right with the shirt, like, you know, going going brand. So I figure whatever else, every other, I'm sure Joe and them will wear Bushwick's banter stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll wear that. But also I thought about being a little ridiculous, like wearing some sort of giraffe costume. And I'm not kidding. There you go. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not kidding. No, not kidding. I have a full okay. giraffe costume if you think I don't, because I do. Interesting. I, I, I'm going back and forth between... You know, maybe just like a nice button down in jeans. Maybe I go with the Steve Jobs look and I go with black turtleneck. Kind of like or the ma- Steve or, Jobs look. That's a, that's or a maybe power I just go with one of my uh, my floral ensembles and uh, just rock the floral pants or the floral jacket the, and just stunt on all you motherfuckers. Deep in summer. Yeah, I'm not looking to <laughs> stunt. I'm just looking to make a statement. That's pretty much my, how I work in life. Don't want to stunt. Just want to make a statement. That's all. Oh, I, I want to stunt. I'm here to stunt. I know. I met you. <laughs> I was next to you. I was like, wow, this guy's stunning on me. And he, and he was, which was crazy. An unbelievable moment. But all right, let's talk quickly about the Islanders. We're not to get deep into it. Uh, you signed a bunch of fourth liners. I'm assuming, you know, the John Tavares thing hurt a lot. I've talked to Duffy on this podcast multiple times. Another one of your compatriots. Uh, where are you landing right now? Uh, uh, where? Give me, tell, give me like a, you want, you want a scale? Yeah. So uh, let's say demeanor. we're on a scale, right? And, uh, and 10 is Captain Crunch cutting your mouth. After a nice bowl of milk, and uh, one is you still have John Tavares on your team. Where are you at? So 10 is the worst. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nine. Yeah, I figured that's where you'd be. Now, are, are you happy with what your GM, Lou Lamarillo, has done? No, not what? at all. But at the end of the day, he is my GM, and Garth Snow is not. So that's why I'm a, I'm a nine and not a 10. That's what I figured, and that's where because I was leading you. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, between Lamorello at this stage in his life and Garcino, it's basically like being the tallest midget in the room. But, hey, it's a dub and I'll take it. So give me – yeah, give me uh, Lousy Lou over uh, Garth any day of the week. My other a question that I've asked some Islander fans that I think it's interesting to talk about at least is do you really feel like you'd be a competitive team if John Tavares was still on the team now? Or do you think the signings would have been totally different? I honestly don't know because I don't know if, if Lamorello's plan was, all right, bring Tavares in and then we'll go out there and maybe actually get some guys who aren't just shitty fourth liners on ridiculous term. Um, and then he ended up losing Tavares and said, fuck it. Let's just 
you know, sign a bunch of gritty fourth liners, at least make it entertaining and then hopefully get a top pick. I have no idea where his mindset is, um, whether he's like this is his last stand or he's just trying to, you know, come up with a formidable team that his son can take the uh, the reins of. So I, I really don't know if what his game plan was once Tavares left. But I mean, listen, when your your backup plan is Leo Komarov, Filippola yeah, like and then trading for Matt Martin. I mean, how the fuck do you expect me to be happy? But there, there are some Islanders fans out there. Listen, we're a very dumb fan base who are, uh, you know, spin zoning themselves as. as uh, I live on Long Island. I'm aware of this. There you go. You know, being the underdogs and we're gritty and tougher. We're gonna prove people wrong. Newsflash: We're not gonna prove anyone fucking wrong. The team stinks. Matt Barzal is very, very good, but the Islanders weren't a playoff team with John Tavares, let alone without John Tavares. So I don't understand how Barry Trotz coming in here is gonna take this team from. You know, I don't even know how many points outside the playoffs they were to in the playoffs without a point per game player. But hey, there are some dummies out there who think it's possible. Here's a real question, and this is dumb. Who's your goalie? <laughs> I don't Robin know. Robin Leonard. I don't <laughs> even know. Robin, I, 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 forgot, I, I forgot to add him into the the mix of <laughs> mediocre offseason acquisitions. I, yeah, Ro- Robin Leonard. But at least it'll be entertaining. He's a fucking psychopath, so I love it. Um, and then competing for the backup spot is going to be Thomas Grice alleged borderline Nazi and uh, some Swedish kid just coming off sol- shoulder surgery. So that'll be fun. Yeah, you guys are really loaded at goalie. I'm yeah. I, I'm really hoping the Belmont thing works out. It doesn't look like it's going to be good, but, you know, we have to wait for wait for ground to break and the stadium to actually open and then to open the amusement park or whatever, whatever else they're going to do over there. But I, I do miss the barn. I liked going for a couple dollars and watching some good hockey, like yep. 20 minutes from my house. It was a really nice thing to do. The the Barclays is a is a trash hole. There's nothing nice about it for hockey. It's awesome well, for, for basketball. Hockey. Yeah, it's awesome for basketball and concerts. I saw yeah. I saw the Overwatch League finals there like a real nerd, and it was a great time. But oh, for, that's awesome. But for, I, I respect esports. Oh, esports of the future. I'm like I'm all in. I, everyone's shaking their head right now. They're like, this is a hockey podcast, but there's a reason. I don't know if you listen to Francesca at all. Probably not. But good for good reason, by the way. Yeah, I love uh, Mike. Me too. But he uh, he was on Simmons the other day, and he was like. He's like, Simmons, let me tell you, if I was 40 years old, I'd sell my house four times. Four times, Simmons. <laughs> I would do anything to get this esports team. I would own an esports team right now. <laughs> I was like, Mike, you That's don't even unreal. know what a game is. You have no yeah. idea what these games are. But Dude, he- I was walking in the city the other, uh, the, not this past weekend, the weekend before, and there was, I'm not even kidding, a line around the corner to watch some sort of e- like big esports contest at the 4040 Club. Oh, it's insane, dude, right now. I it's- love it. Right. It's really it's you know, it's not going to replace, um, you know, the, the major four sports in, in the United States. But there's a reason games like Fortnite and Call of Duty. Not, yeah. I, I guess Call of Duty is one of them. But uh, CSGO, Dota and all the in League of Legends, those games draw massive numbers. Massive. Like, like there's a kid right now named Ninja. If you haven't heard of him. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm just going to go into this real quick. Yep. Let's he, do it. He's he, he streams on Twitch. He's the most popular streamer, period. He casually gets 130,000 people at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yep. And MSG would love that number at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Dude, you, you know how much he makes per stream? Uh, I, I, it's like 50 grand or something. I'm like genuinely asking. I know it's like massive. Like the guy's a multimillionaire. He plays with athletes and celebrities all the time on his stream. Yeah, like, it's unbelievable. Drake casually drops on. Like, hey, yeah. it's me, Drake, the... Well, as Ethan would call me, the best rapper. The greatest rapper of all time. Or the best rap. We'll get to that. We'll get to yeah, it. Okay. Um, but with, with esports in general, they're really on the uprise. And I think you're going to see a lot more owners, including possibly James Dolan, getting in on the action in a couple days. and Not days, but month, in, the, in the coming months. 
Overwatch League is growing four more teams this year. They've already added Atlanta yeah. and another Chinese team. And you're going to see other, other leagues, uh, other esports leagues taking the Overwatch League model, which is, hey, if we just attach a city to something, these idiots will watch it. Yep. Because that's what happened with Overwatch League. There's a bunch of people who are New York fans, and they're only fans because they're from New York. And they're watching it. So they're like, oh, the Mets own this Overwatch League team? I don't know what's going on. These people are shooting each other, and there's a monkey with a, with a jetpack. That's awesome. I'll watch this. And they have no idea, but they're loyal to the branding of New York. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's exactly what's going to happen with other games. So look out in the future. Sorry for my rant there in esports. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I, I'm an esports guy. It's it's going to be so huge. Um, let's, huge. Let's talk about Drake. I want to get we'll get to this right now. This is a for anyone thinking this was going to be about hockey, you were wrong. Sorry, wrong. Sorry. Um, yeah, so sorry, getting no. out of there. Uh, you think Drake is the best rapper of all time? I do. Yeah. How? One. Okay. okay let me just state, state this before you go. You know Kanye West exists, right? Yeah, Kanye West is a fucking lunatic. Whoa! Yeah, that's true. Okay, I can't take that back. No. Whose old stuff is good, new stuff stinks, and Kanye's fashion is horrendous. Okay, I can't argue with the fashion, but I will argue with the new stuff and the old stuff. Go with Drake. Okay. Though. Fine. Yeah, I'm a Drake guy. Listen, he has something for everyone. If you're sad and you want to cry in your room because of a breakup, just listen to the entire Take Care album. Or if you're picky, you could just listen to Marvin's Room on repeat. You want to rage, you can go out to the bar and just be fucking headbanging to Drake, fist pumping, doing the shoot dance, do whatever you want. He has something for every single person on the planet, every single mood on the planet. He is a talented actor. He's funny. He can rap. He can sing. He can sort of write. He's got some help, but hey, that's part of the rap <laughs> definitely game. Definitely has help. It, it's hey, listen, it's marketing. Don't knock the hustle. Kanye and, has help too, though. Uh, yep, and uh, the you know I love the OVO Al. So, uh, listen for the back of your buck. You you can't in terms of yeah, man, branding and like part of it. And I feel like it's it's it goes so understated. Like this is like half black, half Jewish kid who grew up had like pretty good education in Toronto. And like, it's very clear from like, if you look at like his business moves and even some of his rhymes, like at the end of the day, we don't know which he wrote and which he didn't, which he had help with. But like, he's obviously a very clever guy and he's really good with wordplay. And I think a lot of that is from like, you know, a very intelligent upbringing. I think he's very smart. He's a great marketer. Um, and yeah, he, he's in my book the greatest of all time. You're making an entirely different argument because I agree with everything you said. Well, Drake, I think it's more. I think it's more than just the music. Drake is incredibly marketable. Yeah. He is. He does have something for everyone. He is talented. The Blake and Drake uh, skits from back in the day on ESPN are hilarious. He is really funny. But when it comes to actually rapping and producing music, like Scorpion was an okay album that needed twelve songs cut, like yesterday, and, and it. Uh, a lot of Drake's albums in general don't compete as a whole. I'm a big album guy, like front to back. Like I, I can listen sure. to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy front to back, no problem. I can listen sure. to Yee and uh, and uh, Reborn, whatever the other album was, front to back, easy. Graduation, everything. With Drake, I'm like, I, I can skip songs. No, don't get me wrong. He's got bangers all the time. But when I'm thinking about the best of all time, Kanye pushes limits. I know you think his, his new stuff is crap. There's a reason he's out there trying new things. He's always reinventing himself, and I think that's really important with an artist. But then there comes people like Eminem, there comes Jay-Z, there comes Tupac. And and when it comes down to that, like, yeah, they're not as marketable as Drake was, but they're way better rappers. Agree to disagree. Okay, fine, fine. Let's talk New York Giants. Ugh, okay. Th this is your specialty. My bread and butter. Yeah, uh, plug your podcast real quick. Uh, NYG Weekly, go subscribe. 
New episode drops Wednesday. You got to plug in in the iTunes store. We're also on Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. I think you have to type in NY Giants Weekly just because I wanted it to show up when people typed in Giants into the App Store. Oh, man. Um, sh- shout out to my my podcast, SEO. Did, did, but, did you get it? Because we own New York Rangers, in case you're wondering. Yeah, we, yeah, if you type in Giants, I think we're one of the top. But we, We're the top for the Rangers. Just saying. There you go. Uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Uh, big, big season three NYG weekly drop in on Wednesday. We've got a lot of cool stuff. We've got, um, big guests coming up. We've got actual ad sponsors, which is very cool to do my first ad read. Nice job. Uh, Thank you. I'll pat myself on the back for that. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll take, we'll be your therapy, your weekly therapy, taking you through what should be another miserable giant season. So go smash that subscribe button. I don't think it's going to be a miserable giant season. Let's talk about the obvious horse in the room. That is. Odell Beckham has not signed his contract yet, and the yep. negotiations are that they're valuing below Sammy Watkins, who I believe is a mediocre receiver at this point in his career. Uh, mediocre might even be being kind. There, I mean, there's mixed reports on the contract situation. Do I think it'll get done? Yeah. But I just, if that is the case that they started negotiations at Sammy Watkins' money, like, that's ridiculous. It's very par for the course with John Mara and being, like, old, stuck in his ways. Like, if you were going to, you know, an open house and you were looking at it to buy, like, a really nice house, let's say the house cost a million dollars, you wouldn't go up to the broker and be like, all right, let's start negotiations at $550,000 because you'd get laughed out of the room. You start at at least market value. You know at the end of the day you're going to make him the highest paid receiver in the league. Why are you fucking wasting time? Just get it done so you're not risking this guy holding out come week one. Because if, he, if I'm coming off an injury like him – I'm not risking it. Give me my fucking money, John. Give me my money. And he's maybe, other than Tom Brady, is he the most marketable player in the NFL? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. He, he is, um, like, by a lot. Like, internationally, too. Like, he gets mobbed in every single country. There was a video they did, like, two years ago where he was in Germany, and, like, you literally couldn't walk through the street. Like, he had security, like, pick him up and carry him to his car because there were so many people trying to get his autograph. And that's the craziest part is why would you want to give that away, A, from a marketing standpoint as the New York right. Giants? Because the NFL, just so everyone knows, they don't have marketable players. They have Tom Brady, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, and Odell Beckham. Yep. And, and you, I, Antonio Brown has tried to market himself, and I don't think it's worked too well. I nope. mean, he was in a Drake video, but he's still, like, he could walk down streets and people wouldn't recognize him for sure. Right. But Odell's other, international. He is. The hair, the face, he's a good-looking dude. Yep. People cover him no matter where he goes, no matter what he does. People Cash care. Cash an icon. So he signed the biggest Nike deal for a football player ever. It was like $25 million. He's just – you can't let this guy go. How could you? And, and that's what I always thought that was so weird about the Giants. If you want to stay relevant, you're in the biggest market. You want to keep you know your head up on the Jets. You probably always will have your head up on the Jets in the first place. It's not that hard, you know. No, they don't, and the they fact, make it the easy. fact that the Giants had second pick this year is just like unbelievable. You basically have to try to be as bad as the Jets. Well, let's talk about that second pick. Okay. So I like Shaquan Barkley a lot. Um, I mean, me too. But second is you know high for a particular running back in a draft that had many running backs go late. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, what went four, I believe. Uh, yeah, Zeke was fourth a few years ago. But, to, I mean, listen, you look at what's going on in Pittsburgh right now with Le'Veon Bell's contract. That's just what's going to be going on with Saquon for his fifth-year option. Like, he's already with the second highest-paid running back in the league, or he's up there, whatever it is. He's top five, I think, and he hasn't even played it down yet. You don't just draft a running back that high, especially when you look at past guys. Le'Veon Bell was a third-round pick. Kareem Hunt last year was a second-round pick. Yep. There's so many guys that went this year. Even, like, late first, Rashad Penny, Sonny Michelle that, you know, good value if you wanted to trade back guys like Ronald Jones and Royce Freeman are projected to like grab the starting job by week three. 
I don't think Saquon's going to finish with the the most rookie rushing yards. I think there's plenty of other guys out there that are going to beat him out. And when you have the second overall pick, you either trade it or you take a quarterback because Eli is 37, love him to death, greatest giant of all time, but it's time. You draft that successor because you don't know what you have in Davis Webb. And, uh, you know, Kyle Ouellette is good, but you take the quarterback. And if Darnold pans out for the Jets, egg on the face of John Mara. That's exactly what I was about to ask. Because, like, if you – you weren't a Baker Mayfield guy, were you? Huge Baker Mayfield you guy. You are? Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Baker was my my favorite quarterback in the draft. I would have been thrilled if the Giants took him or um, or Rosen with the second pick. I know Rosen wound up falling. I don't think that is going to be uh, – we're going to look back on that in a few years. That's going to be a huge mistake. I but, think Rosen is the best quarterback probably out yeah. of a bunch. But I'm a huge Mayfield guy. Enormous. Wow. I'm I'm excited to watch the Browns this year, but I'm excited to be disappointed. That's where I'm landing yeah. on the Browns. I mean, that's par for the course. It really is. And and yeah. I like Baker. He's maybe the third or fourth best quarterback in this craft class. I like Lamar Jackson a lot, too. I think he turns out big, to be good. I was a big Lamar Jackson guy. Watched the Hall of Fame game. Came away unimpressed, but... For Baker, at the end of the day, for me, you, you look back at past drafts and you just go to yourself, okay, what what did we learn? And you look at a guy like Deshaun Watson, who he put up all the numbers in college. He was clutch. He destroyed Alabama twice. He put up great numbers against like one of the greatest college defenses consistently Turns every out year. He's good. Turns out he's good. Huh. Who knew? <laughs> Baker Baker Mayfield, yeah, he's in a spread offense, had a good offensive line, but the guy can fucking throw. He was by far the most, like statistically, the most accurate quarterback in that draft class. He's a baller. He's got confidence. It, people say, you know, they've got character concerns, yada, whatever. I think all that's bullshit. Like, I'd rather have a guy who's confident um, and shows it than, you know, someone who's going to be, uh, I don't know, boring, bland, vanilla. So uh, I'm a huge Baker guy. I have to ask, who are you scared of the most in your division? Which I mean, team? the Eagles. Okay. Obviously, the yeah. Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys are going to be garbaggio this year. I think they're like a six-win team. Um, the Redskins, they'll be okay. Was they, Dash they have, Prescott, like, was he flashing the pan? I, I don't know. I think it was just the fact that Zeke Elliott carries that team. If, he's not, only, if he ain't running, the team ain't working. Exactly. I mean, without him... He's the entire reason Dak Prescott looks good because you you have to stack the box against him every single time, and then you know Dak can get a couple throws in there. But he was a fourth round pick. wasn't even known for being like a great thrower in college. So I, I really don't know what the the Cowboys see in him. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I think the Cowboys are going to be absolutely garbage this year. What is the Giants' number one weakness from a person who doesn't watch the Giants? Uh, depth. Okay. Uh, they're they're one injury away. Uh, at three major positions from being probably a two-win team again. Uh, offensive line. You think it's that bad? Dude, go look at – if you look up their their schedule for before the bye, if they're perfectly healthy, I see them maybe going three and five. Holy maybe three and five. Shit. They have a brutal schedule to start the season. And if they, if, they, if they lose Nate Solder, fucked. They lose Janoris Jenkins, fucked. They just have zero depth at all these positions, and at the end of the day, they're going to give up like one or two big plays that just cost them a game because they just don't have anybody on the bench that's capable of stepping up. Wow. Well, yeah. other than the Giants this year, what other teams are you going to be looking at like for a surprise? Like, do you have like a big sleeper team that you're looking at? 
I feel like they're a popular sleeper team, but I love the Chargers this year. I know they just lost two of their defensive backs um, and their starting tight end, but they lost so many close games <laughs> last <a> year. <laughs> it is a lot, but listen, they'll bring back Antonio Gates and they'll be fine. They um, they, they lost so many games by like two points last year. Uh, their offensive line is going to be better. I'm a huge Melvin Gordon guy. Um, I like Melvin Gordon, too. And Keenan Allen's coming back, going to be healthy again. They have a really good wide receiver core. I, I really think that they have a chance to make a, a, a deep playoff run. Um, I actually, one of my favorite prop bets is, is like picking the, the Super Bowl matchup. And, uh, for, for those degenerates out there, saints versus the chargers pays out very, very well. If you want to throw like 10 bucks on that, that's totally reasonable by the way. That's, yeah. that is a reasonable bet. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Bengals are going to be as bad as people think, but Hey, Andy Dalton's going to Andy Dalton. Um, I'm trying to think who else I, I think is not going to be as bad. I think the Steelers take a big step back. I, I so I don't know big step. I think they're going to be remarkably average. I think they're going to be a seven and nine, eight and eight team. I, yeah, I think this is Ben's last year, and I also think it's Eli's last year. I'm kind of both on their train of being their last years. Yeah, I mean, hey, if that's the case, you know, best of luck to him, and it gives the Giants a shitload of cap space, which they're going to need if they want to extend Odell and Landon Collins. So they absolutely uh, are. Landon Collins is an incredible safety, by the way. I had no idea that uh, was coming. Unreal, unreal. Best strong safety in the league. Well, now that we've covered everything on the Giants, uh, have you been watching baseball at all? Because the answer, uh, the answer could be no. Because I turned I a lot of the games to. off. Yeah, I try me not too. To, too. Uh, you're a Mets fan. Uh, I, I, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So your only thing to live for was Tim Tebow, and that ended. Quickly. <laughs> yeah, and David Wright's corpse. Yeah. Oh man, uh, yeah. David, retire, please, Jesus. We've, talk, we've talked about this on the podcast forever. Uh, yeah. If you're a Yankee fan out there, and you probably enjoyed this, you had a hell of a weekend. Aaron, Boone, Aaron Boone is showing his colors very quickly. A yep. signing that was. I did feel like any Yankee fans were like, yeah, Aaron Boone, when it happened. Like, nobody was like that. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, we're losing and we have a manager that can't calm this clubhouse down or manage in tight situations. Uh, uh, that's probably I that. Any, I don't have any takes on Twitter, I don't think. But I, I was pretty openly like, why would you get rid of Girardi? Like, I understand Cashman wants a guy that he can just tell what to do. But, like, you need guys who are going to be good in strategic situations. And Boone hit one big home run 15 years ago, doesn't really have much managerial experience. He's just sort of like a Yankee icon and they just sort of wanted to. It was so weird. It's like, what did you be doing the last couple of years? Well, I was on ESPN on Sunday nights. Yeah. Uh, okay. What, anything else? You know what the answer was for them? And this is maybe not the right answer, but the second place finish for that job was Carlos Beltran. And I just, Ooh. I just can't imagine Carlos Beltran being worse than what Boone is. Yeah, I mean, at least he's got some baseball IQ. Um, yeah, but, the guy's one of the all-time great hitters, spent a lot of yeah. time in the clubhouse, would immediately earn the respect of everyone else who was around. Yep. Dude, they, like, how can you respect Boone? Like, dude, you were, you were average. <laughs> yeah. We know especially who you, when you are. Have, like, especially when you have so many icons on that team. Like, yeah. that, like it's honestly miraculous that you can look at that Yankee lineup. Granted, uh, Judge and Sanchez have been injured in the last two weeks. But, like, you look at the star power and – just the power in general they have in that lineup and be like, wow, you're nine and a half games back. Garbage. It's uh, yeah. They're the third best team in the AL. They're nine and a half games back and they have no, yeah. they have no chance of catching that wild card and will probably face a red hot athletics team that cannot Let's lose. Go. Okay. So now I got a trivia question for okay, you. And go for it. Probably gave it away. Who, all right. Um, over probably the last did. five, over the last five years, who has been the most consistent hitter in baseball? And when I say consistent, he has not finished a season. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. He has not finished a season. It's Chris Davis. Yeah, it's Chris Davis. Go I, fuck yourself. Um, he, had, was he, had, he had 286 every single year or something like that. No, 246 with like 31 two, home runs. Four, 
I think it was like 248, but like he never finished a season higher than 252 or below yeah, 244. Yeah, he's the exact same player every single year. Every he, year. he hits 30 bombs, he hits 240, and <laughs> he gets on base a lot. Fantasy stud. That team, that team has a lot of hitters I'm scared of and a lot of pitching. A lot of pitching. A lot of pitching. So um, if, I'm a, if, if I'm a Yankee fan out there, and I am, I sit out, I sit and I go, I think we have a good chance to lose the, the athletics unless Severino has an incredible start. And then that means we go into the next series uh, with my second pitcher being Tanaka and just saying, uh, what now? I was talking to someone recently and I totally disagreed with this take. They said that they would start Tanaka in the wild card game. That is a dumb idea. The reason yeah. they said that is because Tanaka's last two postseason starts were incredible. But yeah. I've watched a lot of Tanaka this year and he is you either get an incredible Tanaka or you're like the below average version. Or or you get Tanaka time, which is five runs in two innings. Yeah, and then yeah. you're done. See, he's never lived up to what he should have been when he first got here. Right. The Tanaka Tuesdays and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was ridiculous. It wasn't. It, oh, they, they were God. trying to cop, copy the Dark Knight. With Matt Harvey, speaking of which, returning to city uh, to city yep. field tonight. Good for him. So um, ridiculous. They gave him a fucking tribute video. Why, yeah, really. why would you give him a tribute video? You were, the guy did the guy never won anything. He had were, like one he had one amazing season with you. That's it. And you were you hated him the whole time. <laughs> you know what they should have done? They should have given Jacob DeGrom a tribute video. Oh my god. Yeah. Fucking let him down week after let, week. Last topic before I let you get out of here, Ethan. I know you had a long night. I did. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh no, I I I'm happy to be here. This is the this is the first time today, nine PM on a Monday. First time today that I've like it actually had fun. So this, this is fun. <laughs> Glad to be part of it. Uh, you're the Mets GM because okay. Sandy Alderson stepped down. I trade Jacob DeGrom. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I just uh, can't I see a way you do it. Like a way, you, you, a way you didn't do it already is what I'm saying. Right. Well, okay. Am I the Mets standalone GM or am I one of the three dumbasses in charge? Okay. You're standalone. And I'm you, standalone. It's standalone and you're a month ago. And I'm a month ago. Uh do Fred and Jeff Wilpon have me on my knees? Yeah, probably. Okay, then then I probably don't trade them. Yeah. But um, assuming I had competent ownership and I, being the most competent GM available, um, yes, I do try to trade him. Um, I have no clue because I don't think we've ever seen a pitcher with his control and his productivity get traded. So I don't re- know exactly what a comparable return was. But I do know that Verlander, who did have money attached to him, got traded for three of uh, Houston's top Franklin, 20 Franklin prospects. Franklin Perez is, there was the top prospect, and he's very good. Yeah, um, so three of the top 20 prospects. And that was for Verlander with money, and I don't even know what the control it, was. It but gets the worse because the Rays traded Chris Archer, for, right. who has four more years of control. I know Jacob only has three at this point. Uh, but that's like apples to— It is because Jacob is a way better pitcher. And right. they got the top two prospects and a player to be named that is well-known— yeah. Uh, so they got Glasnow and Meadows. Those two guys are way under control and are going to be raised like that was, that was bananas. They probably could have gotten away with that without Meadows. Oh, I know. I think yeah. I, I think if they would have said Glasnow and two other players, they, the Rays probably would have been like, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. But the, the money is too good for Chris Archer. I, I can't even imagine what DeGrom would have fetched from the Yankees if yeah. they would have just called up and been like, okay, guys, we want Floriel, Chance Adams, and two other players. And okay, you, oh, and you want Andahar? Okay, you're restocked. <laughs> you're done. The Mets just restocked their whole farm system. I don't talks, know. Talks start at Glabar. But, that would uh, never happen. Oh, you, Exactly. It would never happen because Yankees fans are fucking dumb. No, Glabar's um, a special player. 
So, no, Jacob DeGrom is chopped liver. Um, it's definitely not. Listen, if you guys have Jacob DeGrom and Luis Severino, you definitely win that wild card game, and you definitely make a, a deep playoff run. That's instead, true. Instead, you're going to lose to the Oakland A's, and I wish you nothing but misery. Oh, we'll, we will actually be so miserable when we play that. We, if we don't beat the A's, we will lose to the Red Sox, and it will be a massacre. So, yeah. uh, especially if Chris Sale's back and he's healthy from the shoulder inflammation. So, we'll see what happens there. But, but honestly, it doesn't look like they need him. Because nope. <laughs> they had quite the weekend against us. All right. I mean, unbelievable. I, I turned on the game last night. Turned it on for the first time. The Yankees scored four runs. Yep. Turned it back off. Turned it back on for Araldis Chapman. And boy, was I was I ecstatic. They, they, they panned to this lady in the stands, and she has her hands over her mouth like she's <laughs> nervous. And I'm like, I'm like, woman, you just watched. This Yankee team get the crap kicked out of for three yep. days in a row. What are you nervous about? You have an eight-game lead. I don't know. It's definitely not a nerve-wracking situation. The Red Sox are the best team in baseball. It's not even close. They're stacked out and have uh, the two two of the top five MVP candidates right now. Yep. And we'll definitely, especially with Houston's uh, so many injuries right now that they're dealing with, I can't see how the Red Sox aren't the clear favorite to win the World Series. And that'll be it. Uh, Ethan, thanks so much for joining us, man, and joining us. Joining me. And uh, buy your tickets to the forum. Don't your, wait. Yeah, don't wait, man. Just, just come. Buy just, just come down. August twenty fifth. It's us, the Garden Faithful, Bantry, the Blue Shirts, and we'll be we'll be there for two hours talking all things Rangers with Ethan as moderator. Ethan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, do you want to plug anything else before you go? Uh, yeah, go follow me on Twitter at EthanGSN. Subscribe to the NYG Weekly podcast, NY Giants Weekly. We're literally everywhere, every app, or you can just find it on my Twitter. Yep. Um, and go follow the blog at GothamSN. Ethan kills it. Go follow him. We'll talk to you later, man. One. That was a sick interview with Ethan that I just recorded, right? Great job. Great. great. I loved Sounded it. great. Wow. Great job, Rye. Incredible. All right, now let's talk about our five-star question of the week. This is brought to you by literally no sponsor. This one says, not Vidlozo, five-star review from Monday, Tuesday, August 6th slash 7th, 2018. Okay. You started writing this on Monday and you ended on Tuesday? Yeah, that's how long it is. Howdy, oh fellas. It's Spencer. Well aware, Hi, Spencer. Well aware who you are, Spencer. Hi, oh, friend. He tells us after. I'm Mac Winnen on Twitter. Just, oh. Oh, okay. So just got followed from Ryan, parentheses, yes. And I cool. will get one from Greg in the BSB account. Not so sure about that. And Everybody needs to have dreams. Everybody dreams. And as accounted uh, by my handle, I'm an Avs fan that still loves my podcast. You are my absolute favorite Rangers podcast, and my only regret is that I did not find you sooner, even mm. though it seems like you guys have been around forever. Have uh, we? Uh, he, he says in parentheses, really, it's only been months. Uh, but it's been months? Ye- it's been years. I, I, I applaud Bill for the thinking. I, I applaud Bill for thinking outside the box, but like Greg said, I'm not trading Ottawa's pick for anything less than a proven superstar in this league. I'm going to go ahead... I'm going to go to get to the 2019 draft of the Vancouver in Vancouver to watch the Avs dra- draft Jack Hughes. There's uh, this. Every, uh, yeah, now that's a good life. Senators are fucked. Yeah. Uh, there's this awesome fun outcome that the Avs don't make the playoffs. The Central is truly the, the new Metro. Sorry, fellas. Uh, do not do not look at the Central teams and you understand. The Avs can end up two uh, with two, yes, two top three picks. Ottawa is dumb. And as indicated by the brass Zibby trade, New York won that trade deadline in 2018. They're a sure prime to win in 2019. Jesus, there's a lot going on here. Uh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going through this. Here we go. Also, you guys talk about... Uh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Greg. Also, you guys you like... Can't, to, yeah, you can't read. That's part of the problem. Also, you guys like to talk about hockey. I like to talk yeah. about hockey. Yes, Spencer. Oh. Did you realize that? <laughs> what was that? Would love to come on, on and smoke some hockey with you guys sometime. 
uh, and who also like talking hockey. So I have great news for you, Matt Quinnen. There's great, a way to do that. I have a great news for you. Have we been lazy with this li- of the last two weeks because we've been really busy? Yes, we absolutely have. But on our Patreon subscribers, you can become a personal podcast guest, and we will do a podcast with you. That is true. And we'll put that out there for the world. That's true. Speaking uh, of which, while we're talking about Patreon stuff, we have to do an investors meeting this week, Chief. Oh, shit. We do. Okay. A um, lot of stuff going on. By the way, it's still going. Hope I smashed the record for the longest five-star question post ever. You absolutely, you absolutely Crushed did. It. Since I've been here forever, I'll actually end this with this question. <laughs> There's actually a question to this five-star yeah, question? Yeah. Given the massive haul in 2018, the future haul of 2019, possibly Jacob Truba, and the quick turnaround of the Avs, Leafs, and Devils in just the last couple of years, do you think the Rangers' entry to the playoffs slash cup window could begin in the 2019-2020 season, even after one full year of Quinn. The process under Quinn, the, the first year may be better than ever the last couple years. Do you think the rank, the, uh, and there's a good chance the prospects take a leap and bounds in development over these next 82 games. I'm stoked for that. Hockey will be a little cheaper for you this, guys, this year, hopefully, and also a lot more fun, even the losses, and not the 7-2 blowouts, more like the... Four to three overtime losses in Ottawa, like Kreider's four-point game against the Pens. Ryan was at. Sorry, I just love talking hockey with you guys. Love you. I generally do. I can't wait for this one. Whew. All right. Well, that's I. So a little behind the curtain stuff for you. We wanted. We actually would could have had our friend Murat, uh, who covers the Jets for the Athletic, on the podcast today. Here's how nice of a guy Murat is. He is backpacking through Europe. Literally hiked a mountain today. He is. On I vacation. sent him a message. He's like, "Hey, man, I apologize." I didn't get great service in the woods. I'm in France. Do you still want me to come on the podcast today? I'm a little tired, but I'll do it. And I was like, Murat, are you fucking insane? <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> it's not that important. You're we'll in, talk about it next week if yeah, you want to do it. You're in Europe, man. You're having a vacation. Don't talk yeah. to us. We're, the, we're a Rangers podcast. We're, we're fucking boring. I would just ask you an annoying question about Truba. And you'd be like, I don't know. My feet are just barking because I just basically did the Tour de France. Dude, chill. You, we're not worth that much niceness. Um, I will just a tease for that. The whole reason we're bringing Murat out is to talk Truba because I think people are getting, you included, Ryan, we're getting ahead of ourselves saying that Truba is going to be a Ranger. First of all, he's I under love, contract for next all, year. I love getting ahead of myself. Yep, he's under contract for next year. So there, I don't think there's any scenario in which the Jets trade him this year. And I don't, again, we're going to get to a situation where if Truba's definitely leaving Winnipeg, do we really want to give up assets for him at that point? That's a conversation we're going to have in depth. With Murat, if not next week, the week after, it's coming this month. Everyone hang tight for that because if you liked the Panarin podcast, I think you'll like the Truba podcast. Okay. Um, and I wanted so that, to say for the record, I will never read a five star question that long ever again. I will make it too long, didn't read. <laughs> um, second, do we think, and we touched about this a little bit earlier in the podcast, do we think the Rangers can be cup contenders next season, even if they sign Panarin? The answer, probably not. Because, again, it really depends on what this team does defensively. This team needs to go from a net negative to even, at least even this season. And then they have to go from even to good next season for them to even get in that com- conversation. And I, that the first step is the easiest step, right? Because all you have to do is play a competent defensive system that accentuates the talents of your NHL players. That's step one. Step two is figuring out if those NHL players can be more than what they are right now, if they can develop further. And if they can't, can you go out and get the pieces that will become your next top pairing defenseman? Uh, And part of that answer might be, we'll see finally Lieber Hayek. We'll see Ryan Lindgren. Um, 
Guys like Keandre Miller will be one year closer to the NHL. Niels Lindquist, one year closer to the NHL. Igor Rykov will probably come over from the KHL next year. So you, you, you start getting in more and more defensive prospects, which is good. It's what the Rangers need. Uh, but I honestly think this rebuild will go as long as it takes for the Rangers to build a competent defensive system again. I think that's all I asked. I can't remember. I blacked out. Now, Yeah, those are two big things. Next question from our, our weekly question asker, NY, uh, New York Rangers 17 on Reddit. He says, next on the list, like we're, like we're your service. Like what are we doing for you, man? But yet we providing sit, him quality content every week. We sit here and do it. But he's he's big on the '90s themes, and this week he says the most iconic '90s movies, separated by kids movies versus adult movies. I won't even bother with my answer because y'all never agree. <laughs> uh, kid movies easy. It's Toy Spy Story. Kids. Oh shit. Spy. <laughs> did Spy Kids come out in the '90s? I don't think it did. Did it? Uh, I'm gonna double check. But it, it's Toy Story. It's not even close. I don't think. No. Um... I should have looked this up because you told me we were well, going to talk Power about Well, the Power Rangers the movie is big. There's also the, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That's used also. That's a big one. I'm sticking with Toy Story. I think, I think Toy Story helped define our generation. And I, I think that, like, we're 90s kids. What movie do we carry from the 90s the most? Oh, Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story. Toy Story, and it's not close. Toy Story 3, when I saw when I was 18 years old, which is 11 years now. Holla. Um, I cry like a baby. So it wasn't even close. Uh, 90s movies, in terms of adult, gets a little complicated because it's kind of like pick your poison. Yeah, all the all the good movies came out. Uh, Spy Kids came out in 2001, by the way. Fuck me. Um, yep, you suck. I do. Uh, all the good movies came out in 1994. Every single one of them. So it's Forrest Gump, Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, uh, The Game, I believe. There's a, there's a bunch of uh, great movies from that year. But I, I, I think the number one, my, well, my favorite movie of all time is Shawshank Redemption. It's such a feel-good movie I really enjoy. I would say that's the most – I can't say it's the most iconic movie, though. I think it's the best movie from the 90s. Um, for me, Jurassic Park 1993, which we're going to talk about in our Patreon bonus today because uh, you had a birthday. It was dinosaur-themed, and it's topical. I did. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, Jurassic Park 93, Saving Private Ryan 1998. Ooh, Saving Private Ryan. Tell me I was a good man. Saving Private Ryan to me is a top three movie of all time. So it's going to be hard for you to throw a 90s movie out there that I will put above Saving Private Ryan. And I do think Saving Private Ryan changed how war movies were filmed forever. Um, And I don't think you get a series as good as Band of Brothers without the success of Saving Private Ryan. Um, well, Saving Private Ryan is just, I remember the, the veterans who watched it for the first time said the one thing that wasn't accurate enough, there's, there wasn't enough blood. So, uh, wait, are you being serious? Yeah, I'm serious. There was a lot of blood in that movie. Yeah. They they said there wasn't enough. Wow. Okay. Uh, Um, anyway, not going to doubt them. They know better than I do. Here's actually my movie of the nineties. You ready? Yep. Goodfellas. Hmm. Yeah. Scorsese had a really good run in the nineties. Yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of good movies in the nineties. We're talking like Fight Clubs around there, The Lion King. Oh my god. Gra- Gra- Groundhog's Day is another one, one of my favorite movies. Not that it's a you know, end all be all. Goodwill hunting, how about them apples? There are a lot the nineties was really good time for movies. Um shit, man, there's a lot of good ones. I think if if I had to go top three, saving private Ryan. That's on my top three no, too. Um Goodfellas for sure. Yep, that's in the top three also. Probably Jurassic Park, man. You're going to put Jurassic Park, right? 
I'm probably I probably am. I'm gonna put Pulp Fiction. I won't argue with that because Pulp Fiction also is fantastic. I if you you if you put Fight Club up there too, I wouldn't have argued with that either. No, that's a hard one to not fight. It's, that's there's so many good ones. Give us your list. Comment on the Reddit thread. Let let's hear everyone's. One hundred percent. I'm down. Uh, or yell at us, on, dis- or yell us on Twitter, whichever. You want. Yeah, I hope we didn't disappoint people as much as we did with the 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 game one hockey stat miner just yelling at us because we didn't consider nintendo 64 a game it's 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 a it's, we said a toy it's not a toy yeah it's a lifestyle it's a it's a console everyone man. relax it's like yeah i also didn't say like rocket power was my favorite toy growing up because it was a tv show exactly let's get to the section of this podcast called who the f is blue shirts breakaway i got a good one for you this week yes you do my good one is that Gregory and I played a game of beer pong. No, at, we didn't. At my party. We absolutely we, did. We did not. This did not happen. We I don't did. know what you're it's, talking what about. You're you, making shit up. No. I, I, I only played Civil War that entire night. What it's are you great because I have a video of it. And I will be posting it on Twitter today. Oh, no. <laughs> it is the aftermath of Gregory and I's rematch in beer pong, where Gregory mm. proceeded to hit six cups in a row. And sure did. was very angry and was on fire, I have to say. But uh, you know what? Sometimes when the tough get going, the, the tougher get going or... And I went up and I scored eight in a row. You, uh, being the good-hearted, good friend you are, shook my hand. Oh, no, you didn't. You took every single cup and you poured it on me. <laughs> uh, first of all, I didn't pour the cups on you. I threw them in your face. That's true. And that's the video I'll be posting. It's- the, the thing that just makes me angry is I was, I was in uh, – we play on fire rules. So if you, hit, if you hit a third cup in a row, you shoot until you miss. Yep. And I, I hit six in a row you in did. a 10-cup <laughs> beer pong game. And I was I was feeling great because you guys have only hit one cup to that or two cups. Two cups to that point. I, I had hit I, 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 I had hit the two cups. That's correct. You hit both cups before that turn, and I was like, "Great, we we got them down to four. We're gonna get the diamond, and I'm just gonna crush them this next turn." Yep. And then Ryan's like, "No, fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna abort this baby, and this game is done." <laughs> uh, that was the angriest I've seen you in a long time. That uh, might be a top five angriest moment of my life. I don't give a shit that it's your birthday. That fucking pissed me off. I did. I was I was unconscious too. I was just every single thing just went in easily. And the the rudest part about it was you weren't giving the balls back. You were just throwing them to the ground. Yep, one hundred percent. You were instead of like giving them back, I had to go pick them up and then get back in position. Yep. It's all strategy, and it didn't fucking work. It did not work. I was on fire. I should have given it to you on a fucking platter, and then you would have been so thrown off with my uh, kindness. What you probably is this? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, uh, but the yeah. birthday party was a wild success, and I appreciate everyone coming. It was a good time. I will say the one criticism I have of your party, and I heard that this is something that happens at all your parties. Oh. Uh, separation of church and state happens a lot at your parties. Is that true? What happened? I did not talk to anyone I didn't know at your party. Oh, really? And there was half the party I didn't know. Oh, okay. And I feel like I would have talked with them, but they were just in the tent the entire time. I was also in the tent a lot of the time because I was on beer pong too. There was a very long time where I didn't see you for a while. That's correct. But I needed that because I was just angry. At yeah, you. yeah. I, I had to get out of your line of sight. No, I, like I'm not complaining about those guys. <laughs> it's just weird that I just, I mean, I got everything I wanted to out of that party. I drank a lot of beer. Yep. I hung out with my friends. Yep. I played a lot of Mario Kart. And there was a uh, Bouncy Castle? That I slept in. Yep. Questionable idea. Was it? Now, not, t- as, not as comfortable as I thought t- it would be. Tell me about your bouncy castle sleeping experience. Uh, so you got in it the next morning and took a nap? I did, yeah, a quick nap. How, how long would you say that nap was? About an hour. What time did you take that nap? Uh, in the morning. Like m- early morning? Early morning, yeah. So was there still dew outside? Ooh, no. Ah, mm, see, that's uh, – we, we learned quickly that bouncy castles gather dew. Mm-hmm. On the roof of the bouncy castle. That drips down. That, that it drips down hmm. and then forms puddles. Huh. And if you catch yourself under one of said drips and puddles, 
life gets difficult. It's also just not that comfortable. I wouldn't say I, I slept really well in the bouncy castle. You would think like bouncy castle, pretty much an air mattress. Hey, that's, that's, what, what, I was, I that's what I was thinking in my head that, when, I, when I offered it to you guys. That's what I thought as well. And that's what the three other people who slept in the bouncy castle with me also <laughs> thought as well. And we have we all came to the same conclusion. We all basically took periodic 35-minute naps. And then one of our arms would get really fucking sore. <laughs> and we'd have to roll over. And then I would fall asleep again for 35 minutes. And that process continued. Okay. We left your house at like 6.30 in the morning because... All four of us were like, can no one sleep? All right, we're just going to leave. Cool. Uh, next time, I do have air mattress for you inside. No, nah, we'll do the bounce castle again. Okay, sounds good. I have, I have no regrets. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, tell so me my, who the F, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you the too long, didn't read version off the top. Sure. There's a, there's a possibility I committed slight fraud. Now, Acc- I, accidentally. I, I want to let you know. Yeah. This is a public podcast. Sure it is. It can be accessed from anywhere. I will not use company names okay um so for example it involves one of the companies i don't even know their fucking name okay that's that's fine it's an outside it's an outside collection agency pleading ignorance um the other company is a company that's that i will just refer to them as the company okay so So there's the company there's the company and then there's stupid fucking collection agency right Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm I was making payments on something that rides with a schmodomobile. Oh, not a schmetic card? Not a not a schmetic card, a okay. schmodomobile. Okay. Um, and I, I finally paid off said schmodomobile uh, sometime around June. And it was great. I, I loved it. It's six months early. So that's just $300 extra a month I'm getting in my bank account because I just, money is just not coming out of my paycheck anymore. However, and I think I told you this, I discovered that Stupid fucking collection agency was still collecting the money. Oh, I do remember this. In their mind, they were like, no, no, no. You said February 2019. So we're just going to take money out of every paycheck you have until February 2019. And I said, that is not how this works. So I called a bank. Let's say it rhymes with Schmelz Schmargo. Okay. And I said, guys, that's, that's, that's a fraudulent charge that they took from my bank account. I have documentation from the company that says I'm paid off. I don't owe them money anymore. They don't need to collect money. And the company also said when I called them being like, hey, stop taking money. They're like, we're not. It's the stupid fucking collection company. I was like, all right, tell them to stop taking money. The company said, would you tell someone to stop giving you money? And I'd be like, that's not how any of this works. No, that's not. Wait, hold on. So they hold on, just kept, wait, hold on. They would have just kept collecting money until February 2019 unless I did something about it. In their defense, the company also reimburses you for when this happens. And here's where the slight fraud, I think, comes in. Okay. So I call the bank. I said, uh, Right now, I'm a little bit like, huh? Right. I call the bank and I said, hey, those two payments right there. And I gave them the specific dates. I was like, those are fraudulent payments. They should not have taken that money from my account. I want that money back. Bank says, no problem. Here's your money back. Great. Uh, Collection company. I tell them, fuck off. You're not taking money anymore. They're still calling me being like, you know, you're missing payments. I'm like, "Uh I'm not. And now you can't take money out of my account because they think you're fraud. So fuck you, die. Today, <laughs> well, okay, very nice way to tell you tell them that, by the way. I don't Good give job. a shit. They were trying to take money out of my account until February 2019, Ryan. Yeah, that's a long time. Gonna happen. Right. My money is precious to me. Uh, really, anyway, don't say. Anyway, so I got the money that I called fraudulent to the bank back. That was back there. That was track money for the last three times I went to the track. Of course, important to you. It's great. I didn't lose any money at the track yesterday. It's proud fantastic. of you. You didn't better the Mets, the Mets horse then. 
I did bet on the Mets horse, you, and it went exactly as you, I thought it was going to go. Idiot. It got off, got off to a hot start, was two lengths ahead, finished dead last. Aaron Boo did. Uh, I just knew it was going to happen, and I did it anyway because that's life, baby. Anyway, I get the money back from the bank, and then today I go down to the mailbox, and what's waiting for me in the mailbox? The exact amount of money that I told the bank was fraudulent payments. Oh. So I've already gotten the bank money. Hmm. So I don't know if I don't know if like my my thought process is. is do I return this? That's not your oh, thought no. process. That is not I my thought. Not, my thought process was that I was a month late in even noticing when payments should have stopped coming out of my account. Mm-hmm. So this was another payment that I didn't even account for. Okay. However, when I paid off my car, the company uh, sorry the Schmodelmobile. Um, the company sent me an overage check I'll then. Be, I'll, like, bleep hey, I'll bleep that out. Thank you. Um, I won't. The company sent the check then and said, hey, this is how much extra money you gave us. You shouldn't have done that. Here you go. So this is the second overage check I had gotten from the car company. Mm. So I don't know if I paid the off the car. car. Okay. The, the Schmodermobile. That's another bleep you have to throw in there. Yep, that's the second Schmodermobile. I won't do it. I, I yeah, Whatever. <laughs> the, the company, I'm either thinking that I paid off my car in May and I thought I paid it off in June. Or I just got free money. So I think the way to do this is to one. Uh, just cash the fucking check. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> do you want <laughs> my advice or not? <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't. I don't. This wasn't I need your advice, Ryan. This was Greg just needs to tell you something. I, I didn't. I think. I give a shit what I, you would do. I think. What the, Greg the, is going to do is cash the fucking check. The play I have here two is that A, not talking two. about it on a podcast and two, cash the check and pretend like you have no idea. Yeah, no, I, I have a bachelor party this weekend in Saratoga. I have a bachelor party next weekend in Ocean City. Oh, who's and then we have the forum. I have to come down for the forum again. Who's bachelor That's a, this weekend? Uh, Frankie Swags. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Happy, yeah, happy Frankie, bachelor, Frankie. You're not coming? I'm, I, I wasn't invited. Okay, well, that's because you're not I would definitely come if I was invited, but I'm not. Was he invited to your birthday party? Feels fair that you didn't <laughs> get the invite then. And to be fair, I didn't get invited first before I, or whatever, we'll, I won't get into it. Frankie's a great guy. I would never talk anything bad about him. He is the nicest human being in the world. It's true. I would never say a bad word. No. Uh, actually, second nicest human being in the world, because I don't know if Frank would ever do a podcast from France for us. Uh, Murat is Prob- a god. Probably would, but Murat right now is number one. Murat's a god. Anyway, we done with this podcast? Uh, yeah, that's it, I think, right? That's We're it. We're good? We're good. The forum, come. The forum, August 25th. August 25th. Tickets still available. Uh, and as I said in the ad at the beginning of the show, if you're interested in going to the Long Island Gaming Retro event, they're hosting a NHL 94 tournament, and I might be there. Who knows? Ooh, I uh, I once scored a goal on Keith Kincaid in NHL 94. You don't say. Oh, I can tell people that I have scored a goal on an NHL goalie before. Yeah, that's a nice lie. All right, here uh, we go. We, we should also say for the form, when you buy your ticket, your first beer is included in that ticket per- purchase. So if you don't want to hear a word we say – and just want to get it a, an expensive New York City beer. There you go. We there got you, go. you covered, baby. There it is. Got you back. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Balls on Twitter. <laughs> if- 
Explore Beyond the Stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th. Featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn, this exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org.